Brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yard Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. Talk about cancel culture. Today we'll interview a man being attacked by the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center. This broadcast airs on America's most powerful Christian radio station, Denver's 50,000 watt AM 670 KLTT. Our audience is familiar with the leftist SPLC. They're a hate group headquartered in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm a bit envious of our guest, who, by the way, is also from New Jersey. Envious because after 30 years of trying on this program, we have never been singled out and attacked by the Southern Poverty Law Center. We've been dissed by the best as we document online in our list of when we've been dissed at kgov.com slash dissed, D-I-S-S-E-D, by the IRS, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Wikipedia, YouTube, and the list goes on, but never by the SPLC. So we've been doing something wrong, even though we are biblical literalists, and to today's culture, that is hate, for truth is hate, to those who hate the truth, but I'm not envious of this part. Two years ago, a judge ordered Arthur Goldberg to pay a $3.2 million fine and ordered him to shut down his charity, but the cancellation of Mr. Goldberg began a few years before that. So let's start at the beginning. Arthur, welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. When did SPLC first attack you? Thank you, Bob. Uh, they began in, in, 19, in uh, 2012, actually, and it, it continues to today. So I've been fighting this battle for quite a few years. Basically brought a case against me, uh, which uh, deprived me of my freedom of speech, my freedom of association, and fundamental First Amendment rights guaranteed by a constitution. Mm. Uh, um, Arthur, Arthur, later in the broadcast, I'd like to talk to you about the First Amendment rights that you just mentioned. But um, you had an organization called Jonah, and you were doing something that uh, we think it was admirable, so needed. But uh, the the laws that prohibit what you were doing around the country, around in Europe, they're called uh, they call it conversion therapy. Could you tell us about your organization called Jonah? Well, it's, it no longer exists, unfortunately, as of as of now because right. of the uh, judge's order. But what we did was we provided resources, uh, helpful resources for anybody who was struggling with unwanted sexuality issues, whether that be homosexuality, uh, transgenderism, uh, even sex addiction, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and um, we we had a whole list of therapists that we referred people to. Uh, we provided literature. We provided weekend programs. So we, we had a whole uh, laundry list, really, of uh, programs to help people uh, who uh, 
wanted, uh, who had unwanted same-sex attraction. The important thing is here is the word is unwanted. In other words, we didn't force anybody to do anything. Well, Nobody right. Did. You can't force somebody to change their opinion. Obviously, that's absurd. Here on Bob and Your Live, we point out what we read written by Moses in Genesis that God created us male and female as affirmed by Jesus Christ in the Gospels. But when you were offering this service, obviously Jonah was not assaulting people on the street and dragging them into counseling. People wanted this help. That is absolutely correct. It was, it was people called us uh, for the help, uh, and we provided a whole list, a laundry list of helpful resources. That uh, and they have a choice of what resources they want. We recommend, you know, a couple of different therapists. They can decide which ones they wanted. Uh, they can go to various weekend programs. They can read books. I actually wrote a book called Light in the Closet, uh, uh, which. Uh, is uh, play on words because they talk about coming out of the closet and we say yeah. shine a light into the closet and the subtitle is Torah which is the Old Testament homosexuality and the power to change back in 1993 we, we did a play on words too on this program I came out of the closet only I pointed out that I was coming out of the closet as a homophobe and that it turned out that my family and friends that they accepted me even though I was a homophobe. And, and I said, you know, I would never choose this because the entire world hates me for this, but I'm afraid of what homosexuality is doing to family members, in fact, to our culture in the world. But so you were offering this, and it, it is called conversion therapy, right? Gay conversion well, therapy? Well, it's called conversion therapy by those who uh, are against it. It's really right. not... It's not really an accurate term. Right, right. Uh, it has many different terms these days, but uh, basically it was helping people who uh, want to cha change their sexual orientation. And there are so many, Arthur Goldberg, there are so many people. I know that not only YouTube, but Vimeo has taken down from one Christian organization, they took down 800 videos and many of them, and we've aired a lot of their testimonies, many of them, the story of how individuals came out of the lifestyle that they certainly did not identify with, and they began to live a blessed heterosexual life. They got married, had kids. Some of them now have grandkids. And their stories are not allowed to be told by our culture today which is so absurd because they talk about your own sexual identity and yet they force these people to accept an identity that these people reject. Yeah, I mean, what we've done, what has happened is we've been engulfed by a cultural tsunami. We really have. Been. Exactly. And so, Jonah, when it was existing, you were pairing counselors with clients who were asking, who were seeking help. Correct. So tell me then, how did you end up on the SPLC's radar, and, and how did this all begin? Well, it began really because uh, there were a couple of um, uh, clients who were dis dissatisfied. They decided they wanted to become gay. One guy, as a matter of fact, uh, went to four sessions with a therapist and said, you know, this isn't really working for me. I'm sorry. And so they went around the gay activist world 
and uh, found SPLC to uh, hand become their attorney. And they sued me under the New Jersey Consumer Fraud Law, uh, which is the most liberal consumer fraud law in the country. And after four years of litigation, uh, they were able to successfully argue that referrals to independent counselors for those with unwanted same-sex attraction involved a form of fraudulent commerce on the erroneous theory that nobody is capable of changing their sexual behaviors. Right. This, this was actually the first case to ever apply the consumer fraud law to a duly constituted not-for-profit religious organization. Mm. And this holding is actually antithetical to the very concept of consumer fraud because A, I never received compensation for my multi-year volunteer work, and B, consumer fraud is supposed to apply to faulty refrigerators, used cars, that kind of thing. So it was really a stretch, but the judge, and the judge ignored documents that were executed by the plaintiffs in which they acknowledged that no guarantees were ever offered in the treatments undertaken by the independent counselors to whom we referred them. Hmm. Uh, most egregiously, it was also during that trial that the judge denied uh, us the opportunity to, to present expert witnesses like Joe Nicolosi and others who had actually successfully counseled people with unwanted same-sex attraction. The judge actually stated in a written opinion that the theory that unwanted same-sex attraction can be changed, and this is a quote, is not novel, but like the notion that the earth is flat and the sun revolves around it yeah. is outdated and refuted. Wow. So, quote. Arthur, I realize you're not familiar with our program. We've been on the air 30 years, five days a week on this Denver blowtorch of a radio station, 50,000 watts, a few years back, a local newspaper, Westward, did a lengthy article on this show. And we had, when the Wall Street Journal published an article laying out the evidence that Bill Clinton raped Juanita Broderick, one of his campaign volunteers, mm -hmm. we took that and we protested Bill Clinton in 145 cities from Martha's Vineyard through San Diego all the way to Auckland, New Zealand. Wherever he went, we had protests there. And we had the names and phone numbers, contact information on the Internet of 80 local organizers. And so the reporter thought, well, this is probably all just make-believe. So he randomly picked 10, and he wrote in his article, not only were all 10 real people, but one of them was a homeschool dad who previously was a homosexual activist. And he began listening to this broadcast, and he acknowledged that he should not be a homosexual. God helped him to turn his life around and he's living a fully heterosexual life, married with children, and happy as a homeschool dad. And that was all published. So that is one story out of thousands, thousands right. of homosexuals who've been convicted by God, God's spirit in us, that this is right. wrong. And they now live happy lives. 
So how dare the left, and they claim that they're all about your own identity. Uh, it You could identify whatever sexual identity you claim, that's your sexual identity, but they deny, they refuse to allow all these people to express their own sexual identity as heterosexuals. Yeah, I mean, whatever happened to the idea of, of true freedom of choice? I mean, that's, you know, they, they argue about on the abortion issue, for example, they say, oh, well, it's, it's a man, it's a woman's body, it's our choice. And we're saying, well, well, how about the choice of people whether they want to be gay or not? But they, they believe uh, erroneously that uh, people born that way and can't change. Mm. And that's you know, the basic nub of the issue, I guess. Uh, yeah, we, we've been following the science for 30 years on the air, and a study came out years ago by a, a gentleman, if you recall, by Simon LeVay, and claiming that he found the evidence, I think it had to do with the hypothalamus, he found the evidence that homosexuality was genetic, it was biological, and supposedly many other studies were going to come forward confirming his study. It's supposed to be observable and repeatable. Well, it wasn't repeatable. His study was falsified. And the studies on identical twins show that homosexuals are not born this way. There is so much evidence that runs completely counter to the narrative told by our culture and the homosexual lifestyle has destroyed people by the hundreds of thousands. And so it's loving to be concerned, and it's especially loving to give people a way out when they're looking for that way out. Right, right, right. You know, and so, what, you know, to continue on the procedural matter, what happened was that we then got an injunction against us uh, from the first case, and we signed a consent agreement that basically said, okay, okay, we, we won't do this anymore. Um, but then, and we then created a new organization called JIFCA, uh, Jewish Institute for Global Awareness, which basically uh, was a purely religious organization to educate people about the seven Noahite laws. When, when mm. uh, after the biblical flood, God said to Noah, here are seven laws apple to all of mankind. Yeah, for example, do not murder. Yeah, exactly. Do not one of course is also sexual purity. Okay? So um, anyway, uh, they brought us a, a second action against me, uh, saying that this Jifka was the alter ego of jo the old Jonah and right. applied applied the injunctions of the former case into the second case. Mm. And then it ordered all my activities to be shut down in spite of the vastly, and I mean vastly different mission statements and activities between the two organizations. The SPLC and their legal allies accessed over 70,000 of my emails in their effort to prove what they characterized as my, as my defiance of the 2016 court order by allegedly carrying out the work of Jonah. We appealed, we appealed to the New Jersey Appellate Division. They, of course, uh, objected. Uh, the, the Appellate Division uh, gave a horrible opinion, didn't even really uh, consider it. Uh, and so now I am on a uh, petition to the New Jersey Supreme Court uh, for relief.
this second ruling that the uh, the same trial judge that decided the first case went far beyond, and I mean far beyond, my initial abridgment of the uh, uh, my religious liberty. Uh, the case also also denied my constitutional rights to speak about my beliefs, advocating therapy wow. for unwanted SSA, and to associate with any others in any kind of a not-for-profit environment. Uh, there's a rabbi in, in um, Australia who's director of the Institute for Ju Judaism and Civilization who's, who says that the judge's decision in this case, and this is again a quote, constitutes one of the greatest and most insidious infringements of religious freedom he could ever have imagined. Most of the court's findings, so-called, were based on hearsay, assumptions, all of which are contrary to the facts. Mm. So I'm out there trying to, you know, raise money, among other things, to try to uh, deal with the fine you talked about, deal with my legal expenses, which are costing me a couple hundred thousand dollars. And there's something called the Natural Law Defense Fund, which is a 501c3 organization, is collecting funds to, to try to assist me. And their mission is simply to restore Judeo-Christian culture advance religious liberty, preserve the sanctity of life and families, all of which are antithetical to America's progressive elites. So, you know, I, I, I hope your readers, I mean, not your readers, your listeners, I guess, uh, will uh, help me meet my financial obligations for all these substantial legal costs and court-ordered penalties. Uh, contributions may be sent to the NLDF, naturallawdefense.org, um, at, at the donate site, and just indicate it's from me. Okay. Uh, I, I'd be very, very appreciative and very, very helpful. Well, we'll include that link on our website with the short article for today's broadcast. Why don't we talk about two minor things, uh, because it came up again earlier when you mentioned your First Amendment rights, and I said I'd like... Uh, to address that later in the broadcast. And and I'd also like to talk to you about a nonprofit being sued for fraud, those two things. Of course, we're, by this interview, Arthur, I'm sure you could tell that we're strongly supportive of you and what you have done and how you are being targeted unjustly by the left. But Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Believe me, it, it, what, it, what gives me strength and courage to go forward are people like you who have expressed support. Uh, and I, I believe that if people weren't, you know, uh, cowed into silence by the uh, cancel culture, uh, I'd probably have a lot more people. And yeah. So and that's... Okay. So two issues that I, I'd like to bring up. The one... Uh, in nonprofits, charities, churches even being sued for fraud, and then our constitutional rights, our First Amendment rights. Why don't we begin with that? When I read the articles about your case, and I was so angry at those who are attacking you like this and so unjustly, one of the things I noticed is the constant use by your supporters, including NLDF, of talking about your First Amendment rights being violated, your constitutional rights. And I'd like to take just take two or three minutes for you and I 
to talk about that. Do you agree with an observation that we've made here that many people do not know where rights come from? They don't know where our rights come from. Do you agree with that, or do you think everybody knows? I think that people have forgotten that God is the ultimate foundation of our rights. Exactly. That our rights come from our Creator. They don't come from the delivery doctor at the hospital. They don't come from the majority, because then the majority could just vote to take away the rights from the minority. So rights come from the Creator. They don't come from the government. They don't come from any government process, from any government document. And to the extent that we obscure the origin of our rights when we speak to the public, to that extent, we're undermining our own case. We're making it more likely that our rights will be violated. In fact, they'll be denied. They'll be utterly rejected. To the extent we refer to these as First Amendment rights, well, the Constitution could be amended. If rights come from the Constitution, if they come from the government, then they're not inalienable. So we, for 30 years, Arthur, it's like banging our heads against the wall. We've been encouraging people who have a view of uh, revelation that there is a God and he's revealed himself to mankind. We have been urging them to stop talking about First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fifth Amendment rights, because every time we utter that phrase, we undermine the public's ability to recognize where rights come from. These are our God-given rights. And sure, some of them are identified by the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, and so on. But they're But to call them our constitutional rights gives the government authority over what rights we have or don't have. That's an interesting approach. I mean, uh, the the rights, of course, that are given by God are articulated, I guess is the phrase, in the the First Amendment. And I actually have had an amicus brief, a friend of court brief, filed on my behalf, arguing for my free speech rights and other rights. First Amendment rights that are articulated, which really are based upon uh, the rights of, of that God has given us, the natural law rights, which is why, by the way, the Natural Law Defense Fund is, is working with me mm. to try to help raise funding. Uh, the amicus briefs were signed by both the Family Research Council and New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Uh, the appellate division just kind of ignored them, uh, you know, typically, and just said, no, forget it. Right. Sure. The other issue is the suing of even a church. I would put a church in this category of nonprofit organizations for fraud. The reason I'm bringing this up, not only am I a pain in the neck and a stickler, but our audience will remember this too. For these decades on the air, when we've had faith healers, so-called faith healers, televangelists, like Benny Hinn, for example, come to Denver and he rents out the Denver Coliseum from the city and county of Denver and the fraud is overt when he introduces to the 15,000 people there a young girl 
born blind in Colorado. Now she's a teenager, and now she could see. He lays hands on her, and she could see. It's total fraud. He has become worth $100 million by fraud, and I only wish that people would sue organizations, so-called faith healers, televangelists for fraud when they make these claims. I realize that in your case, it was a complete miscarriage of justice to sue you based on the New Jersey Consumer Fraud Act, of course. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, the cases are really in, in, in opposition to each other, yes. what you're talking about. Yes. Because uh, we, we basically try to use uh, the tools that God has given to man so that mankind has the uh, ability to help those who are struggling with unwanted mm. uh, sexual uh, attractions. So your appeal, it's its not in a federal court right now. Is that correct? It's in a state court? That is correct. It's in the state, state of New Jersey court system, a very blue, deep blue state. Yeah, and I grew up in New Jersey, and so I really I, I have empathy for you there, Arthur. Uh, but getting to the federal courts is not much better you know, we have a majority of Trump and other Republican justices and judges throughout the federal judiciary, and it is overwhelmingly left wing, overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. So the strategy of course, that's of course, been... Of course, have been overwhelmingly left wing for years and years and yeah. years. Oh, yeah. But even with the three new judges, we've got six and a half of the justices on the Supreme Court are Republican. I count them six and a half because it was George H.W. Bush who put Sonia Sotomayor on the federal judiciary, and then Obama just gave her a promotion. But so, oh, really? That's interesting. I never realized that. Yeah, so Republicans have six and a half out of the nine justices. Roe v. Wade, for example, was passed by a Republican majority, written by a Republican justice, Harry Blackman, and it's been a Republican court for half a century. And uh, so we are not encouraged when we are right now suing the state of Colorado in federal court. And we actually won uh, some injunctions about the COVID restrictions. And we won, as the pastor of Denver Bible Church, uh, we had injunctions against masks and capacity limits at our church, and so we're thankful for that, but that lawsuit is still ongoing because they could restart the whole COVID thing in the fall or whenever they want, And but we're not especially encouraged by the state of the federal judiciary. It seems to be anti-life, anti-family, anti-morality. Mm. I hear you, and I, I understand. Mm. So, but you're fighting, and it doesn't sound like you're going to give up, Arthur. Well, I'm trying not to. I mean, although, honestly, at, at some point, you really get, you know, beaten down. But then, you know, you just, you know, uh, pray to God that he gives you the strength. And you kind of, you know, say, okay, you know, let me get up again and, and try once more. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm not overly optimistic about my chances in court, but, which is why I'm trying to raise these funds right now. Uh, through the Natural Law Defense Fund, but it's it's really, uh, I mean, and and it's been, and I got to tell you, what's so hard about this is that, you know, I had a, 
in order to raise some of the funds, I had to mortgage my home. I'm 80 years old and I had to mortgage my home and I'm paying now interest on the loan to the bank on my home that I've lived in for over 50 years. Mm. Wow. That's uh, that is paying the price. Arthur, you use the term Judeo-Christian. We've used that on the air thousands of times in all these years. Of course, Jesus was a Jew. He wasn't a Christian, right? Jesus was a Jew. And That's we true. He was the fir- we jokingly say he was the first Reformed rabbi. <laughs> and we have led three tours to Israel, hoping to bless Israel. But I would sure love, we're about out of time, but if it's possible, off the air, I'd love to talk to you about Christ. You know, the Hebrew Scriptures, that are not, they're not evangelical, right? But the New Testament, what we call the New Testament, it's heavily evangelical, including mm-hmm. the Great Commission. So if, if it's possible, I'd love to talk to you off the air. But Arthur, we'll link to the website in case people would like to help you financially in your fight. And thank you for standing up. You're very welcome, and thank you for giving me this, the audience of committed uh, uh, people who believe in freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Well, and- you're very welcome. This is Bob Enyart. May God bless you. Thank you.